Hey, everybody, welcome to Social Beauty Makers, the podcast, where every Wednesday we'll bring you fast-paced, powerful 15 or so minute episodes meant to inform, educate, and inspire around a variety of topics, including trends in all things tech for the professional salon industry. Before I get started, a reminder that on Sundays, you can find me hosting BeautyCast Network's Mastering Beauty podcast, featuring brilliant guests sharing their best advice on building sustainable and successful careers. And if you like either of the podcasts or both, even better yet, <laughs> please consider hitting the like button, uh, the share button, um, um, post a review. Um, all those things help others to find the podcast. And I so appreciate each and everyone who, who does one of those things. I'm Gordon Miller, your podcast host, and thanks for tuning in. All right, on to today's topic. And I used AI to help me today. And um, I use it every single day. I, I still encourage everybody to check out OpenAI. If you haven't, you know, just go play. It, it, it is changing the world slowly but surely. And it, it seems to be moving really fast, especially with the uh, introduction of something called Sora, S-O-R-A. I recommend you Google it, uh, OpenAI Sora. And uh, it's, it's text to video and it it's, uh, appears to be crazy groundbreaking. I use AI in just about every presentation I do to kind of just help me flesh out facts, you know, do some research. And I use it in today's topic um, because I, this is one I've been wanting to talk about uh, for a long time on the podcast. I, I talk about it often or have talked about it often in, in the past um, in, in presentations and conversations with all kinds of people in the industry relative to the challenges we face. And that, that topic is the capacity of a salon or an individual hairdresser to get things done particularly as it relates to, obviously, um, the, the things that drive revenue, service, we'll, we're going to focus on that, versus actual productivity, um, the actual work that's happening. So how much can you get done versus how much you do get done? And, and how do we think about those things? As an industry, we don't really talk about it. And in the larger world of business, it is a very common conversation because to, to sort out how you're doing, and there's many metrics, and obviously money is one of them, but you kind of have to consider, you know, how you're doing versus how you could be doing, given how you are right now. In its most simple form, I would say, you know, that could be you're open eight hours a day, but you're only busy four. And so that would be like a 50% productivity versus the capacity, the ability is, is, is a key measurement that's really important. It's a little complicated. Um, so I'm going to um, do my best to keep it somewhat concise. I, as always, I don't, I don't really prepare talks per se. I, I have a bunch of bulleted notes, and so I'm going to work my way through these. So, so first, some definition. You know, a, a salon's capacity is, is really it's the maximum amount of work that the business can complete in a set amount of time. And you, know, you want to look at it a little bit big picture, not, you know, day to day, but, you know, kind of get a feeling for the overall um, capacity of the business, which has to do with time, the hours, perhaps that you're open, how many people work in the business, what is the space of the business, the equipment that's available. Um, all those things have uh, an impact on capacity. And it's really about the p potential work that can be done, ideally that can then be monetized or is done in support of monetization. Like marketing would be an example of that. Capacity is it's determined by, you know, thinking about from a client perspective, you know, how many can be serviced importantly without compromising the quality of what you do within the hours that you do it. And and that compromising of quality has to do with kind of how your business is set up and as a brand and, and how you think about quality. Because you know that that is a spectrum 
all by itself. I, I love this one line that I read that said, it's really looking about what you could do versus what you are actually doing. Capacity, what you could do. Productivity, what you're actually doing. So really important, a big idea that I think helps us in looking at our business as it is today and what our prospects for improvement you know, are tomorrow. So actual productivity, you know, it, it measures the real output, like what's really happening in a given time period. Of course, we always, when we're kind of analyzing things, we have to kind of look at a time period, but look at enough time so it makes sense and relates to now. An extreme example of that would be like, let's say six months ago, everything about your business changed, maybe location, maybe hours. If you're looking today at capacity versus productivity, you'd want to look post those big changes. So not too many variables within the information, the data, you know, that you're looking at. And I would suggest, you know, ideally, you know, minimum three months is, a, is an interesting time frame to look at. However, um, also important when you look at any time frame that you consider well, how that may compare to other time frames. Like if you were to look at the three busiest months of the year, if, if that was to be a thing for you, not everybody has that. But let's say you looked at October, November, December, and let's say that just on average, you do 10 or 20% higher than the rest of the year, typically. Well, then that's not the best time frame necessarily to look at when you consider this analysis and, and, and what you're trying to glean from it. So interesting. Um, low productivity, you know, we, again, we think big picture, it means in a sense that you have resources that are not being utilized. Time being the most important resource, perhaps, that a salon has when you're doing this kind of analysis. And, and underutilization of resources you know, can be a sign of trouble. I'll, I'll give a really simple example of that. You hire somebody new and they're full-time in your salon or whatever the hours are. Let's say they're 32 hours, which is kind of the average of most people in the industry today. And so let's say that they need to be in the salon 32 hours a week and they are busy um, 15 hours a week. So a little bit less than half of the time that they're there. Going back to that sign of trouble, for that one individual person that we're analyzing in this example, if that doesn't change, if that doesn't improve, there's a good chance that person is going to become frustrated that they're sitting around too much. Really simple, but very real example that most of you, I'm sure, can relate to. And so that would be kind of a warning sign that, okay, what are we going to do about this issue of productivity versus capacity? For some people, it means, you know, changing how we think about hours. You know, perhaps, you know, if you've got a person who can't break past that 50% mark, there needs to be a conversation about hours. Maybe they'd be happier if they were working half time, if they could still um, get to, let's say, close to 100% capacity by being in the salon less hours and then do other things with their time. Again, kind of extreme example. And then you know, when you look at productivity, you also have to consider like how many clients were serving service during a day and, and what is the revenue generation. You know, it's, it's not as simplistic at only look at time and only looking at people. Um, it, it really is about efficiencies and effectiveness in, in, in the work that you do. And, and productivity isn't just about, you know, quantity, you know, but as I mentioned a, a moment ago, it, it really has a lot to do with quality and super important always in anything we're analyzing in the salon is, is customer satisfaction, you know, because sometimes high productivity, like really, really busy salons that you could look at that metric and go, oh yeah, killing it in productivity. Well, sometimes that compromises the quality of service and that can hurt too. Um, some of the more successful salons I know that I've talked to about this, you know, they look at kind of that, they don't want to be at 100% because when you get to um, 
full productivity versus capacity, you know, you are just jammed. And so they like to leave some breathing room in that analysis. And maybe they only want to get to 80, 85, 90%. So you've got the kind of that wiggle room and that feels comfortable, you know, uh, a form of business boundaries, you know, when you think of that, the analysis itself. And so a lot to consider how you schedule appointments, um, walk-ins, like wh- where do walk-ins fit into your business model? And are, are there a lot, are there a few? And what does it mean in terms of productivity? Um, and then, of course, management and client relationship, all that sort of stuff, it, it really does matter. And so, you know, again, some really big ideas. So when we're comparing, you know, again, capacity uh, versus productivity, again, there's, there's a lot to think through. And so much of it um, really has to do with capacity that's not being utilized. I, was, I used to talk a lot about the, the car industry. Um, we've kind of moved well past this. I think a lot of pe- young people don't even re- know about this versus, uh, or certainly don't remember it. The car industry went through big, big changes decades ago and had to really think through their business models. And as a result of economics of the time, had to begin closing factories because they just had way too much capacity to make cars versus the demand for cars. There was a lot of competition coming from Japan and China, and that was changing things. So we saw throughout the entire country, anywhere you had factories to produce automobiles, we saw them begin to shut down. They were making decisions related to the capacity to get things done. They had way too much. They couldn't see ever fixing that, given how the world was changing, versus the productivity that they had. And and those businesses, very different than a salon, Productivity is, is, is something that's really very closely tied to the demand in the marketplace. And so, you know, that's interesting, you know, um, to consider. So, you know, thinking about this, let's, let's, as, as a quick example, like if a salon is like 60% pr- productive versus the capacity to be productive, what does that mean? So let's say it's a six hour day and so 3.5 hours is busy and 2.5 hours is not. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? You know, what does that mean? Again, lots of variables. You can't judge it on the surface. Most importantly, I would say, what is the contribution to your business or to your efforts of the 2.5 hours where you're not, quote unquote, busy doing services? Kind of, again, going back to that breathing room idea, um, looking at so many successful independent people, you know, they've made decisions about how they run their businesses to make sure they have time for marketing, to make sure they have time for producing content, to make time that they are able to do all the things that are needed to do to keep that business humming. And that's a really important thing to consider. I've talked to, again, independent professionals who've made their appointment times just a little bit longer, maybe adding 15 minutes to each appointment. So they have time for photos. They have time for other things that they want to do that are beyond the service with the client itself, but that help them to later market the business or build the business or, or just, so, so that time in this example is, is really valuable. I'm not saying what the percentage needs to be. That's, that's a variable to consider. Again, complicated conversation in a sense, but um, important that you consider time that's not being dedicated to clients, but time that's quote unquote on the clock whether it's you personally or, or somebody who is being employed or a, a member of a team and considering the contribution value of the time that is on the clock that is not being dedicated to taking 
care of clients. And so no judgment, you got to figure that one out. So, but some things to consider. If you have time that's not being properly utilized, some ideas, again, from, and AI helped me with this a little bit. So, you know, appointment clustering, and I've long talked to folks about this. If you've got somebody who's only half the time busy and perhaps they're not at a level or have the experience that's going to do other things with their time and it's going to support the business for themselves or for others, then, you know, you're probably looking at a situation that if they don't grow the business on their own over time, they're going to get frustrated. And I'm, I'm here full time and I'm working half time and that doesn't feel right. And I'm only getting paid based on the service dollars that come in. So, you know, proactive management would be looking kind of at a perhaps a clustering of appointments. Like how, how do you compress the time that a person's working, um, ideally do so in a way that does not result in less business. You want to maintain what's there, but create efficiencies in the schedule. And perhaps, again, give that person some time to not have to be in a salon where they can go do things that they feel are productive related to the rest of their lives, you know, personally. Um, and in some cases, people go get a second job while they're building. And that can be okay, too, if the person is up for that. So clustering of appointments can help with that. Adjusting schedules can help with that. Very similar in a sense. Sometimes um, this comes before you try the clustering things, but, you know, it's a matter of saying that, again, we'll use an extreme example, but, you know, if they're just consistently busy 50%, can you cut the schedule to 50%? Can you say, oh, you know, that person is no longer here on Wednesdays and Thursdays, but here's the times they are here and we'd love to fit you in. And if you with good customer service, um, there's a good chance that you can get some of that done. Promotional time slots um, related to an individual person, related to an entire team. You know, many salons have had success, you know, um, offering appointments at certain times at, at a variable price just because it's an off hour. I think we see that in all kinds of businesses today, and we may be seeing more of that going forward. Then you got to think, you know, like, how do you get more revenue per client that relates also to time? Like, how do you take a client that you spend 45 minutes and up to 90 um, consistently? You know, how do you take what you have and get more from it? One is service bundling and promotions that allow clients to see value in, in being in the salon a little longer and getting more services. Perhaps there's a little bit of a discount or a kind of a bundling effect that they feel good about. Um, but something that encourages clients to opt for more services per visit, you know, that's more revenue from a client you have. Um, and and that's, that's a really big idea. And we struggle with the discount idea, but this is a little bit different than discounting. Yes, you might be lowering the price of something on top of another service or paying full price for. Um, but again, you have to kind of go back to that big idea of capacity uh, versus productivity and think, well, this is a client I have. And if I can get them to be here more and spend more, is that a bad thing? Probably not. But again, you really have to think about these bigger philosophical issues, you know, that in terms of the value uh, or values that your business has and, and kind of, you know, wrap your head around that too. Upselling it, a little bit different version of the same thing. But again, how do you upsell services, treatments? Talking to a friend recently, actually several friends recently, you know, about the head spa idea and how it's beginning to take hold a little bit. I Google in Chicago, I think I came up with 22 salons that offer them now. Um, I, I know that a lot of salons in Chicago have long offered these. I know we're talking about as a new service and there's some, you know, I think Karen Gordon, um, who's based here in Chicago, um, she's kind of very much a leader in this space and, you know, I, I recognizes that this is something that's been happening in Asia for a long time and it's making its way over here. But, you know, we, we have a lot of salons 
here in Chicago specifically that are within the Asian community who take care of all kinds of clients who do this work. So really, really interesting. But upselling, you know, is a biggie. Retail sales, you know, just increasing your focus brings in more dollars. Sometimes it takes more time. Sometimes it doesn't. But again, more productivity on the financial side, you know, because you also have to think a person's with you. Um, the more dollars you can generate with the time you have with a client, whether it's a static amount of time or you're adding time, but the more dollars you generate, you, know, you are increasing productivity around the idea of money, okay? Because there's time and there's money. They're not the same thing. Um, but retail is a way to increase that productivity, um, increase the results from the time, even if it's unchanged, that you're spending with an additional client. Training, skill development. You know, again, if you have a team and you're looking at capacity issues um, relative to productivity, you know, maybe you need to look at training. What do you have to do with the team to get them in a better place to be able to get more done? Training could be in the, in the technical work. Training could be in marketing. Training could be in communication skills, promotion, you know, all kinds of stuff. And, and then um, lastly, I would say technology. Like how do we leverage technology to be more efficient, to be um, more focused on the data? have a better understanding of what it all means. And, and again, tools can be used in a variety of ways. So, you know, one is just to begin to start to understand these topics. And there's a lot you can do online to just educate yourself. And then I think, you know, like digital systems, whether it's, you know, booking systems can create efficiencies or not, depending on how you're using them. You have to look at that as it relates to, again, the time that's being spent or not spent and what is the value that it brings to your, to your business. Same with marketing. Social media, to do it well, you have to do it. You know, the individual has to do it. Your team should be involved in it. You know, these things can be really value and valuable and you should be looking at the time and thinking about it um, as an investment in the larger business. So you may have time that's not being used directly to um, being taken care of clients and perhaps it's you figured out that, you know, 10, 20% of your time, this is what you need to do. But you're getting a return on investment and you're still blocking off that time, keeping that time, you know, um, safe from everything else so that you can actually keep the marketing going. That's really important. It's another way of looking about all of these things. Really importantly is having a feedback loop, you know, that you can, you have a system that allows you to get client feedback. You know, how do they feel about what's happening? You know, online surveys are really helpful. Having conversations about your clients or having conversations with your clients are really helpful. So, you know, I just think it's really, really important that we stay in touch with how our clients feel, that we give them an opportunity to express those feelings in a safe way, which usually means not face-to-face -face with you. That's why, you know, I think email surveys are great. There's other ways of surveying, but if you really, really want to understand what clients think and feel, you need to do it in a way that's beyond what you normally do in the chair. Because to be honest, as a client myself, we're not always honest in how we feel about what's happening in any given moment because we like you guys. And so that, that could bring its own problems. All right, so I'm out of time. I, um, I'm going to wrap up here. Just put our toe in the water on this topic. I want to come back and talk about it again. A little bit of a, a ramble. I apologize for that. Um, this could be a, easily like a two-hour program. I'd love to do a class on this someday. If anybody wants to book me for a class, that would be fun. Uh, all right, so let me just say I'm out of time. And so I want to wrap up. And um, yeah, I, I want to thank you so much for being here. If you like what you heard today, I encourage you to visit me over on socialbeautymakers.com. Sign up for my free e-newsletter for more content. I do a newsletter every Monday with links to great content. And um, yeah, remember to listen in on Sundays to my Beautycast Network Mastering Beauty podcast every Sunday with brilliant professionals on 
career, sustainability, success, and most importantly, happiness. So once again, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. I'm Gordon Miller, and I cannot wait to share more with you next time.